Coming up this episode. I I too have to fix that mindset that I cannot look at this certain prospect as just kaching money, you know. I have to be able to to want to help first. You know, if if I don't come from a place of care, I won't be able to help this person. This is the Doctorpreneurs Podcast. The Doctorpreneurs Podcast is brought to you by Jasper Lodge Care Centers Malaysia. Managed by doctors, Jasper Lodge Care Centers provide loving, trustworthy and quality care and treatment to all their residents. Looking for a professional aged care facility to look after your elderly loved ones? Find a Jasper Lodge near you at Talingjaya, Sri Kembangan, Penang, Kuching, Johor Bahru and Kuantan. Get your free care consultation with Jasper Lodge Care Centers by calling 015-4873-8450. 015-4873-8450. Or visit jasperlodge.com.my. We are here to help. The Doctorpreneurs Podcast is brought to you by Pillar Malaysia, sending trained caregivers to your home. Managed by doctors and aged care experts, Pillar provides experience and compassionate caregiving in the comfort of your loved one's home for the short term or longer. For a free, no-obligation care consultation with Pillar, call or WhatsApp us at 01111-288-059 or visit us online at PillarCare.com. Pillars, your extended family. Hello and welcome to the Doctorpreneurs Podcast, the show that's at the intersection of health, aging and entrepreneurship. I am Dr. Lim, uh, and together with me is my co-host, Andrew. Right, so this episode of the Dr. Pronos Podcast is brought to you by CrossFit 399. CrossFit 399 was established in 2015 and is located at Megan Avenue 1, Jalan Tun Raza. It is a premium body and life transformation facility where we go beyond fitness to help individuals get their health and body of their dreams. CrossFit 399 sets itself apart from other gyms by being the most caring gym in town. It's focused on mindset, nutrition, and fitness in that sequence. Provides a holistic approach to health and wellness, which is lacking in the industry. Today with me is the founder of CrossFit 399. It's such a privilege to have you, have you here. Uh, her name is Michelle Lam, and Michelle Lam is a health and fitness coach with 15 years of field experience also the owner of CrossFit 399, one of four CrossFit licensed affiliates in the Klang Valley. Michelle prides herself as the fittest 40-year-old woman in Malaysia in the 2019 CrossFit Open Worldwide Competition. It's something that we're going to talk about uh, more on this after that. <laughs> and it's attempting to defend her title with more 40-plus years old women and fitter participating every year. Realizing much later throughout the years that fitness alone will not solve the common problem of obesity, sickness and poor mental health, Michelle turned to mindset coaching to navigate her clients to sustainable health and fitness success. Michelle's motto in, in life is to learn how to... Oh, Michelle's motto in learning how to fitness is fix what's inside before focusing on the outside. So welcome to the show, Michelle. Thank you, Dr. Lim. Thanks for having me. Welcome. It's a pleasure Thanks, to have you. you here. Thank you. I think an important first question is, can you tell us briefly, what is CrossFit? What is CrossFit? Okay. Uh, if you ask a lot of crossfitters out there, they will be they will talk about they will talk about the moon and the sun and they start looking their hands and get emotional. But uh, in simple layman terms of what crossfit is, it's just a training method 
the name is a brand which is uh, licensed in uh, made in US. Mm-hmm. It's made in the US, and uh, we have to pay affiliation fee just to just to carry that name. But CrossFit basically is just a training method that focuses a lot of uh, functional kind of movements, movements you do in your daily lives. Like if you need to climb upstairs, you need leg strength. If you need to, uh, if you fall on the floor and need to get up again, you make sure that you have the capability of, uh, of moving your body that way without getting hurt. So cross means it's about a, a bunch of different activities? Very different. Very different right, activities. Right, but you make it sound so easy, <laughs> which we know it's not right. It can be pretty intense. So, so okay. I mean, me coming from an aged care uh, background, right? So, would this be something suitable for people of all ages? Or are you looking at it being like a very intensive kind of training? Like what exactly? Oh, for sure. Yeah. CrossFit is very universally scalable, meaning anyone from any age, from kids from 5 till 80 or 90 years old, they can do CrossFit. It's just a different degree of intensity. Ah. Yeah. So, uh, a twenty-year-old, a twenty-year-old, and a seventy-year-old can be doing the same movements, but just a different scalable intensity. So, you have specific programs for older people. We do not have something specific, but it's scalable. If there is a fifty-five or a sixty-five-year-old in my class, I would scale the sa- uh, the same movement to her or his capability. So, more of like a customized plan. Kind of, yeah. kind of. But in a class of five, for example, mm-hmm. I could have a 20-year-old and a 50-year-old in the same class. Ah. The coach would be um, modifying the movements for that for both of them. So one can be very fit, who has done CrossFit for many years, and one is a newcomer who has just came off the couch and you know starting to just kicking off uh, uh, his exercise. So we would scale to that level. But they'll still be doing the same thing. So... It- I can give a very quick example, uh-huh. like uh, a squat, for example, something as easy as a squat. If you're sitting down on the floor. Not as easy for a lot of us. <laughs> yes, that's true. That is very true. A lot of people have not squatted in a long time. I have so, no problem with that. Yeah. Yeah. So for a 20-year-old, maybe it's easy. He could do it 10 times. Mm-hmm. But for a 50 or 60, actually even a young person who does not exercise, one mm-hmm. squat could be also very challenging. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So we could start him off by just sitting on a chair like this mm-hmm. and just standing up. Once. Can you do that? Oh, if you can do that, let's repeat two more times, you know? So if I understand this, CrossFit doesn't involve things like weights. It involves body motion. Is that right? Uh, both. It involves a lot of uh, calisthenics, meaning uh, body weight movements. It also involves weightlifting. Mm-hmm. Uh, it involves a bit of gymnastics, uh, a little of cardio. So we mix a lot of b- different movements into one uh, uh, program. Okay. Right, right. Because in, in my impression, right, whenever CrossFit comes to mind, it's a bunch of big hunky dudes or, <laughs> or at least very toned, very ripped people or very uh, lean, you know, ladies and men, uh, you know, that are doing this kind of activity. So when you yeah. talk about saying that, okay, it actually can be done at different intensity, that's something rather new to me. Like, um, okay. So in essence, we could actually recommend people from any age to come Definitely. for this country. Yeah, it right. is very, very beginner-friendly. So maybe what you are, your impression of CrossFit could have come from social media, the YouTube and Google. Mm-hmm. I usually do not recommend anyone to YouTube what CrossFit is because that's all you'll see. Yeah. Big hunky dudes with, you know, or, or females with really, really big muscles. So these are the elite level athletes. They CrossFit for for jobs, for is is their job, it's their full time job to CrossFit, you know. But for the regular Joes and Janes like us, we do it for fitness, just for healthy living. We just want to 
get a well, good sweat on. And that was it. my question. Weight weightlifting will build muscle over time, tone your body. So how do you describe what CrossFit will do for you over time? Okay, so just think of CrossFit as a like another regime. Things that you will do every day. Uh, things that's required of your body. Say if you are going for a run, you need leg strength, you need stamina. And uh, if you're going for a hike, you need more capacity or you might probably need your hands to climb. So CrossFit trains you to all these terrains, different terrains in life. Anything that you're up for, if you're going for a Spartan race, good. If you're wow. not, you just want to be... You just want to be healthy in case of emergency, like an accident. Your chances of getting hurt is also less likely because you have the strong joints and muscles to protect your body. So CrossFit prepares you for anything that life throws you. you right. Know, life throws you at. I, I think looking at Michelle, I, yeah. I would think uh, one of the effects of CrossFit is also keeping you young. Because she says she's over 40 years old and I find that hard to believe. I noticed you're looking at her and not me, but that's okay. <laughs> like I'm in, my, I'm in my 30s, early 30s, and, and I look older than Michelle. Michelle does, oh, that's right. Andrew, yeah. Andrew's nodding away. Right, oh, so, so, so I think probably one of the uh, benefits of CrossFit is also kind of staying young, right? And good genes. Uh, <laughs> oh man, that means I, I can't do anything much about so, um, genes. So yeah. moving from physical activity mm -hmm. to the mind... Mm -hmm. What is mindset, mindset coaching? Is that something you came up with or is that an industry thing? And how does it benefit people? Okay, very good question. Mm -hmm. So um, it's not something I came up with. It's actually something that is out there for a long time. It's just difficult to approach, um, especially in the Asian market. People don't talk about mindset a lot. and uh, They don't talk about mental health in general. Mental health, yes, yeah. you're absolutely right. Mm -hmm. So this is something that has been out there. It's just that it takes effort. It takes a lot of uh, your emotional health as well. And it's a lot of work to approach fitness that way. So it's not something that I came up with. Of course, I was uh, also briefed and coached by a mindset coach myself to, to approach fitness this way and to stand apart from other competitors. Mm -hmm. So the main thing is, of course, fitness. We, we have not solved the main problem of why people are not uh, in this for a long run. Mm -hmm. Like they come for a couple of months and then they drop off and it's not sustainable. Mm -hmm. You see this a lot in a lot of fitness gyms, whether it's CrossFit or not, it doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. So mindset is the thing that we need to, to solve. Uh, accountability, things like accountability. It's always back to that. Why are people not sticking to a routine? Uh, probably they jump too fast too soon, you know. So mm -hmm. my job to come in as a mindset, in the mindset aspect is to bring them back to little changes that you can do. For example, like don't jump from A to Z. Mm -hmm. You can't take big steps to, to reach your fitness goal. You can, but maybe in one month, it fizzles off and, you know, you're back to square one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and coming from my own personal experience, right, um, the reason why it, it was so hard for me and, and, and I lost maybe just a bit of uh, information about as well. I actually lost 13 to 14 kilos last year <laughs> well done. Uh, during the MCO period, right? Uh, but my struggle of getting onto the fitness routine, getting onto eating well was because I actually felt I was okay, right? I felt normal. I don't feel extremely healthy. I don't have a ripped body. I have a belly. But I felt, you know, somewhat I'm okay, I'm healthy, my bloods uh, are all right, my screening came back all, all normal. So I don't really need, do I really need then to 
to to get myself into the kind of fitness routine or, or the healthy eating routine mm. because I'm already okay and I was pretty contented and satisfied with where I was. Uh, then I started giving excuses saying that, oh, could it be my, if I wanted to get into this whole fitness thing, could it be a narcissistic uh, tendency of me? I, I want to look better, I want to look good. Then it becomes, you know, uh, a thing that I, I uh, then I start to resist that. I say, ah, I don't need that. I'm okay, I'm fine. I'm married, you know, I'm happy. <laughs> so so then it was very hard to get myself into the, the routine, right? So how would you mm. generally um, engage people like this, you know, like, to get them kind of started because that that's kind of the hard part to yeah, even get yeah, started, right? Yeah, for sure. That, that's a very good question. Mm. So uh, I usually start with a consultation with a, a client, a prospect first. The biggest thing is always the why. I There's always, always ask yourself five whys. Once you find out why, for example, yes, I went to lose weight. Okay, why? Mm-hmm. Once you go five whys deeper, or when I know your five whys deeper, you know, I get to that gem, you know, like why? The real reason. The real reason. Okay. So I always dig deeper. It's always about asking questions. Mm-hmm. Yes, you want a six pack. Okay, but why? Are you a bodybuilder? No, not in competition. So, you know, uh, if it's all aesthetics, but why? Okay. You know, so, so for generally, it's always confidence issue. Um, mm-hmm. But also like why the confidence? Why do you need, if you've been living 30, 40 years that way, you're okay, right? You know, so why do you need this this aesthetics? Right. So right. I go down deeper and deeper and find out what is the real issue. Why uh-huh. do they need this transformation? That's where the mindset coaching comes in, right? Yes, for sure. Yeah. I see, um, like on YouTube videos, a lot of people have their own fitness channels. They show themselves working out, and some are very young. They may be teenagers or mm-hmm. twenty. So there's these people that jump into fitness and they do it forever. They love it. And then there may be maybe people like Dr. Lim who have trouble getting started. What is the difference between those types of people, people that jump in and just love fitness and those of us who maybe don't love it as much? Okay. Majority, I would say less than 1% of the world population do not like exercises. <laughs> they don't yeah. like to exercise, okay? And I have days too. It's not like I am a fitness freak. Of course, I have a gym, but I don't. I have days where I don't just, I don't want to move at all Off too. days. Yeah. yeah. So it is very common. Like I say less than 1% of the population do not like to exercise. Mm-hmm. It's very, very hard. We are, if you like this, you are one of the very few. Okay. You know? So if I like exercising, I'm, I belong to the 1%. Yeah, or you less. could. It, it is it is very little oh, to dude. get someone hyped up all the time to to work out. It's very rare to see that. It's very <laughs> counterintuitive, right? I just want to take a break, rest, relax. You know, why do I want to subject myself to some form of torture? <laughs> okay, so it's really if I see one fitness video on YouTube, it's not because a lot of people are doing it. It's because YouTube keeps showing me more similar videos, right? Yes, that yeah, probably too. YouTube feels that you need it. It's probably, you know, you know <laughs> trending in your viewing. <laughs> so, so do you think that people need to work on their mental health before jumping into exercise or CrossFit? Or is this just true for some people? Uh, of course, like there are people who like those 1%. There is a lot, although it's just a small a small percentage, but there are people who just want to work out for fun. By all means, you know, like start off. They could probably along the way find out a deeper reason for why they want to do it. Um, or they could most likely also fizzle off at the end. And when I see a trend like that, I would tend to have a, I, w- I would want to have a talk with them. Like, mm-hmm. is everything okay? You know, are you taking care of your nutrition? Are you sleeping well? So 
there would be a trend. Everyone has different phases in life. There is no one, you know, one kind of person with this. Mm-hmm. This everyone would have different uh, personality, different character, and how they approach their life. And and of course, if someone is starting in their twenties, the life stages is such. You know, they are probably very uh, busy hustling at that time. So things happen. So someone in their mid thirties to forties, you know, probably they are a little bit more settled. They are married. They have kids. Then they have a little bit more time to to focus on their health a bit, mm-hmm. and of course, yeah, different stages in life, they probably have a different outlook on on. So, life is too. mental health a barrier to fitness or not? A barrier to fitness? Ah, uh, it is. I mean, mentally, you you like a lot of people do not think of fitness as something that they must do. It's mm-hmm. always uh, an expense. If I have extra money, I will spend on the gym. Mm-hmm. Um, so that's the men- mentality of of a lot of people. Like to answer your question, it is a barrier. Mm-hmm. Uh, I need to. We need to slowly change that mindset of of not seeing fitness as just uh, something I've got to spend, or because I'm forty, I have to do something now. You know, I. It needs to be. It needs to be prevented first. I've mm-hmm. seen after talking to so many people, there's. A lot of people that has trouble, they just don't want to talk about it. So maybe uh, me being there or being available to just speak out. You know, you don't have to talk. I'm not a psychiatrist. I'm not a psychologist. I'm just here to listen. Mm-hmm. And that is good enough for a lot of people. Based on my personal experience, I think it's a bit of a chicken and egg situation. Whether the mental mm. health comes first or the physical health comes first. The way I started was just a bunch of friends that um, just kind of told me, just do it. You figure it out later. You worry about it later, but just start doing. You know, don't 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 have to find a reason first because I was struggling so much that it's getting up to my head. You know that, that I'm thinking a lot that, and I'm not starting because I'm thinking too much. So for me, my personal experience, they was like telling me, "Okay, you know what? Stop thinking. Just start doing. Download the app. You know, get your fitness routine going. Just start eating well." And when I as I exercise and I start to learn how to and, and my body start to adapt and I I start to enjoy it. Then it, I actually found that, hey, it's bringing me, it's making me sharper, right? Uh, mentally, I feel better. I feel uh, more energetic as well, more energy. So I think this is, uh, this has helped me in, 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 in the other way. So I, I kind of like get the fit, fitness routine started first, the physical routine started first, and then it helped my, my mental state. So I guess it could work both ways, right? Some people would get their mental house in order before starting the workout. But for me, my experience was, I started just getting my butt off the couch and started right. moving first. And then that helped me with my mental status as well. I do see these people who work out aggressively every day and they love it and they're very intense. Do you think some of those people are using exercise and CrossFit to work out mental issues? It, uh, it does definitely has a, a, you know, the adrenaline effect where you let loose and it's your time of the day where you don't think about work, family. Mm-hmm. So yeah, that kind of aggression is healthy. To, to you know let de-stress. it all out in the gym to de-stress yeah. uh, but if you're talking intensity wise at the beginning if you're doing that too hard too soon yes you have that all that adrenaline and uh, but it may fizzle out that's my only worry that if you do too hard too soon or you might injure yourself right. you know things like this will happen so we go slow like mm-hmm. I need to see what is your I need to assess your fitness level first right. and then Take it easy. A lot of us are not patient. We just want to see results fast. Like, yeah. you know, six weeks, I just want that, you know. So, yeah. so that's not advisable. Yeah, my, my first approach is to tell them, do you have patience, first of all? Mm-hmm. You know, 
take it one step at a time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you can't get off the couch, you better, you know, just sit on a high stool first and stand up. Right. Yeah. But my 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 experience again with with this uh, um, working out, uh, helping out my mental health kind of situation is, I find sometimes when I'm engaged in slightly more intense workout, it has a very meditational effect, because all I did. All I'm doing is just focusing on the workout, the movements, and like being detached completely with what's what the surrounding is, and what's going on in the surrounding, and being very focused in that moment, just working out, just being very present, and that kind of like brings me a bit of meditational effect as well, and that helps uh, me relax better. That helps me, you know, I'm very busy, so that helps re-energize me and help me to kind of like uh, look at things sometimes from a different way. So you're more fo- focused on the workout than you are other things when you're exercising? Yeah, I mean, if it gets a bit intense, I, I don't have the mental capacity to be worrying about other things already. So, I, mm. you know, it's about focusing on the workout. And that really helps me fo- uh, uh, train my focus and meditate on that. I guess it depends on the person because yeah. for me, it's not exercise. When I'm swimming in a pool uh-huh. or I'm in the ocean, I have the same effect as you do with exercising. Right. I, yeah. I seem to tune out everything else. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the yeah that is good when you st- when you've already started your exercise uh if you're in the zone I think the the f- biggest challenge is to get someone to actually start mm-hmm. so what I usually tell them that you know to step to the gym to get to arrive at the gym is probably the hardest part the mm-hmm. rest of it once you've arrived you know the coach would hold your hand and tell you what to do already so the hardest part is actually to be there right. so I'll tell them like you know just warm up. I think the first 10 minutes would suck a little bit because you'll be like, oh, you know, yeah. you feel a bit dreadful. But once cracking. you are warmed, you, you you probably just went for a brisk walk and, you know, in 10 minutes, you're ready. You're ready. Once your heart starts pumping, you're ready. Yeah. yeah. I, I always Everything say that, else doesn't matter. I always say that the hardest part of going for a run is putting on my shoes. Correct. <laughs> right. Yeah, you're right. That's the hardest part of it yeah. to get you psyched up. Yeah. <laughs> If you don't mind, I want to turn to a topic that few people seem to want to talk about related to CrossFit, related to exercise. Isn't obesity the real issue we need to address first and foremost in people? And and how and why are people becoming more obese? And how do you address that related to exercise? Okay. Modern lifestyle, of course, we have technology. That's the biggest one. Everything mm-hmm. needs to move faster right now. And mm-hmm. there's so much demand from our time. Mm-hmm. So I think with all this uh, rush for deadlines, for work and, you know, the, the life cycle of rushing to get a family and things like this. So people are just rushing all the time. Mm-hmm. There, there is just no time to look at yourself, no time to sit down and just probably you have time when you want to actually relax. You don't want to think about anything else, not even your health. But that's mm-hmm. a problem. People are sitting down too much. <laughs> yeah, Sedentary lifestyle. So, very sedentary because yeah. that's... Is, that's the only way they feel they can relax. The last thing they want to think about is to move. Right. <laughs> yeah. They probably move so much in here. So the body is tired. It, it happens, you know. But if we don't address the root causes of obesity, can exercise and CrossFit really help? So that's the thing. We have to come back to a mindset, mindset again, mm-hmm. you know. So I can just keep on pushing this. You need to exercise. You need to exercise. People get that. But how do I get them to exercise? Yeah, you know? exactly. So it's time for them to reflect what have you been doing in your past 30 or 40 or 50 years of your life that that makes what is that trigger mm-hmm. that makes you want to feel that makes you feel that you need to start moving now mm-hmm. you know what is it there's usually something whether it is fear of some illness or you 
probably couldn't put on, couldn't put on the pants that you've worn just two months ago. Mm-hmm. There's probably some kind of trigger. So I want to know that. Uh, and then from there, like I say, I go five wise deeper. There's always some kind of issue that uh, that they would realize along the way. Like, oh, it's not just about my pants, you know. Actually, you know, I, I there are a lot of personal things that that goes down. It's always related to their job, to their family, mm-hmm. or you know, to their to their environment. Mm-hmm. So, uh, obesity, yes, it's always back to that. People need to lose weight due to something, but why? You know, right? Some I don't know how it is in Malaysia, but in America, a lot of medical professionals, even fitness professionals, don't want to talk about obesity. They're afraid. Mm-hmm. Do you see that here? Do people not want to talk about this issue? It, it is a it is a major issue in Malaysia. Malaysia is the f- most obese nation in Southeast Asia, with forty four percent of our population that are actually overweight or obese. Right, that is very significant. That's one in two. And when it comes to diabetes, I'm throwing out some interesting health facts here. When it comes to the issue of diabetes, uh, about one in six Malaysian adults have diabetes. So that is also very, very significant as well, coming, becoming a serious issue. And that all has to do with uh, uh, eating, lifestyle, you know, all these uh, first world medical conditions, right? Lifestyle, diseases. So it's, it's something that is get, getting uh, more awareness among the public. We are talking about it a lot more. But talking about it is one thing. Getting it done, <laughs> it's, it's, it's a whole new different, different mm. uh, segment. So what I found very fascinating with uh, Michelle is like um, she is the, probably the only gym instructor or, or the only fitness enthusiast that I've came across that focus so much on the mental aspect. Right? Talk so much about your man, mind coaching and, and mindset coaching and, and whatnot. So maybe this could be the missing link in the Malaysian situation, right? Where more people should kind of go deeper and delve in more to understand themselves before then, you know, setting fitness goals or, or health goals in life. Yeah. Yeah. It is very, very important. Mm-hmm. So, I need to know their pain first, you know, what they're going through. So you, like you said, the missing link can be cons- can consist of a lot of pains. Mm-hmm. For example, someone who said that she hasn't tied her shoelace in f- five years or mm-hmm. couldn't cut her toenails in many, many years, you mm-hmm. know. So these are little things that we can't relate, but it's real. It's happening to this person. Mm-hmm. I, I find that interesting. Do people not realize why they can't do that? They don't bring it back to their health or their weight or other things. So part they of just it, don't see you it. Say, yeah, that's that's what you you're saying. Is it is a taboo in a way? Probably their the surrounding their family don't want to touch about it because they became too sensitive. But someone needs to tell them the truth. So I am the perfect person because I'm a stranger. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I don't know you. I'm seeing you for the first time, but I'm showing you a mirror. This is what's going on right now. Are you going to do anything about it? Yeah, that's, you know? that, that also leads us to kind of a, a very popular liberal issue, which is the whole body shaming issue, right? Mm. Like we see someone that is overweight and obese. If it's a very close friend of mine, then I will go up to him and tell him, hey, dude, I think you better do something. But when it comes to uh, you know people that are maybe acquaintances or colleagues, and if I go up to them and say, you know, Andrew, you got to lose weight, then uh, they may find it, to, uh, to be very offensive like what are you trying to say are you trying to say that I'm fat are you trying to fat shame me you know and all these things and and the way I see it it has become a, a hindrance to, to address the, the real issue I, I'm not sure what, what, your, what is your experience like when it comes to body shaming and, and fat mm. shaming and all these things that are going on okay so of course big no-no we mm-hmm. don't body shame mm-hmm. uh, you have to understand why they are in that situation in the first place mm-hmm. it, it could be 
really due to a lot of a lot of things is external like their upbringing and of course look at our diet when your mom say lose weight but you know don't eat so much so you know, <laughs> what are you going to do right so if you're brought up years of this kind of uh, talk and that's that's what's going to happen mm-hmm. so it's just knowledge they they don't know better you can't really blame them you know so if you don't want to body shame someone how do you talk to someone about their weight without doing that ah okay so if it's like me i'm a stranger to the new person mm-hmm. of course i'll ask them the reason for, i mean because they came they came came to me for help so of course there's an avenue of speech already why why is it i have a reason to to not shame them but to ask them how i could help you because mm-hmm. obviously you need you need help so they'll say that uh this is my problem mm-hmm. everyone is is giving me this talk about you know uh i'm taking up too much space these are wow. all real stuff yeah wow. that, like they they want they need to be open and transparent with wow. me mm. but if it's depending who is talking to them to them how do they approach uh this sensitive issue if you're a relative you should be concerned mm-hmm. you, or a very good friend you should be concerned like hey you know um are you okay you know you look a little bit down lately so you know just just but there's still a culture of, of not talking to family members about their weight or being obese right mm-hmm. there's still a culture of that here ah uh, the Asian culture, they are a bit more direct, I would say. I don't correct me, Dr. Lee, if I'm oh, wrong. Okay. They'll be like, hey, you put on weight, uh. <laughs> you know? Yeah, but, but okay, so, so here's the key difference that I observe, right? Um, we could be very blunt both mm. ways, but one way is basically in a fat-shaming, body-shaming kind of manner, whereby I say, hey, Andrew, man, you know, you're fat, man. You got to do something about it. it could you be don't in- need to keep using me as an example. <laughs> It could be, a, it could be, a, it could be a, 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 a one way to do it, yeah. but the other way is to come from genuine care, right? And I, I believe the people that we are addressing, right, would can tell if we are coming from a, a place of whether we are genuinely caring for that person's health, or if we are just there to kind of make a statement or state an observation that really doesn't help this person at all. And if we are coming from a place of love of care, then I would think that you know people that are less sensitive would probably be able to accept mm. the feedback that was given to them and do something about uh, do something about it right take it as uh, oh, this person is really trying to encourage me and is really concerned about me yeah. but, but getting back to mindset coaching as much as you might care about that person mm-hmm. don't you still have to have it within yourself somehow in order to move forward very good yes <laughs> so at the beginning of this mindset whole, this whole mindset approach uh, because I didn't start off doing this. I always start off by selling fitness, selling CrossFit, mm-hmm. just like any other gym. Um, so it was very new to me to also bring myself, I have to also fix my mindset before I speak to someone about it. Mm-hmm. So it has to come from a place of care, like what you said, like, you know, even though this person is a stranger, but I, I too have to fix that mindset that I cannot look at this certain prospect as just ka-ching, money, mm-hmm. you know. I have to be able to to want to help first. You know, if if I don't come from a place of care, I won't be able to help this person. If all I see is just money coming in through my doors, I won't be able to help. So you must see some people that you 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 talk to them and think maybe I can't help them. Yes, for sure. I take the consultation as also a a, a screening process as well. Some people, not everyone, is perfect. Of course, I can I understand that. Um, but there are also people who, who come in with past experiences and they don't want to let go. They think that, oh, this is just another place 
and um, sometimes convincing alone is 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 not enough. You know, you need to also come in with with a good good vibe, not just to say positive. No one comes in positive, mm. but with a personality or good approach. You know, you have to be ready. But that must be somewhat disappointing when you have to let them walk away. I, there are some way. There are some disappointments, of course. I also have to look after the community in my gym. Uh, if I bring in one bad apple, the rest of it will be influenced too. So it's also about protecting my my mm. members, not just about helping one person. So I'm just curious. Getting back to this obesity issue, mm. is this something that's sort of homegrown in Malaysia, or do you think the West has had some impact on the obesity problem in Malaysia in terms of imported foods, fatty foods, foods and high sugar. What do you guys think? Right. Um, I, I'm going to jump in on this one All right, because this is a bit of a loaded question. <laughs> that was my intent. Uh, yeah. Um, we, can, we can blame everybody else for everything that's going on. We can, right? Um, but do we want to do that? That's the question. Now, when it comes to objective observation, we can definitely blame the Americans for bringing in the fast food culture to, to Malaysia, right? Like prior to the 60s, uh, there were no uh, KFCs, uh, you know, McDonald's, and then now there's Texas chicken, that, which is uh, Church's chicken in, in, in the States. And uh, the whole fast food culture is it's done in such an appealing way and it's done, done in such a convenient way that uh, we are seeing, uh, and, and people actually view in Malaysia view it as a sort of a luxury to be able to consume fast food, right? It's still, we still have this kind of mentality among us. Um, but the education is not done in a sense whereby, oh, you know, fast food is mostly trash. It's mostly junk that we are putting into our bodies. Uh, so that is about the imported impact, right? And when it comes to the homegrown kind of issue, actually, if you look at our cultural food, right, especially when it comes to the Indian desserts or even the Malay dishes, even the Chinese and Yonya dishes, mm. we consume a lot of sugar there. Right, I mean rice aside, rice okay, you know, is complex carbohydrates. Uh, we, we can we can debate about the 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 uh, perils of eating rice <laughs> in a yeah. whole new separate topic, right? Uh, but I mean, complex carbohydrates are, are, are all right, you know, as compared to the refined sugar that we are putting into our food, right? You go out there anywhere in Malaysia eating out, you will be consuming a lot of refined sugar, you know. So you think it's partially. A Western import and partially homegrown. Yes, definitely the cultural food, the local food does play a key factor. So, so we had a guest on previously from Japan and he talked about how healthy the Japanese are. So how is it different here than what we see in Japan? They have fast food as well. Well, it, it's not as rampant, I guess. The, the, the love, the crave for fast food is definitely not as rampant as in Japan. I don't know. What's your observation about our whole eating situation definitely in Malaysia? Definitely it's a cultural thing. Uh, there's no... Influence from other countries, yes. Mm -hmm. Of course, the, the, the broader the influence, the more unhealthy we eat. Uh, it's like Japan, they are known for their healthy eating. Yeah. Yeah. It's again grown. Uh, it started from very a very young age that they're eating a certain way and they don't, they are not so much influenced from the, on right. the outside. Mm -hmm. yeah, They're a bit of a, a more closed, cult, closed culture, right? Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. They they keep it within themselves, so they are not. I think the influence is not as huge as the other countries, and right. their food generally is all homegrown and and healthy. Mm -hmm. right? But also, I would say some Malaysian business people are culpable because they're linking up with Western businesses to bring this stuff into the country. Right? They're making money. 
Yeah, they want to make money. Well, it, it, it is a supply market issue, right? As entrepreneurs, we understand that very well. If there is the demand in the market, right? Definitely, it will not stop the, this uh, business people from bringing, bringing the supply from overseas. So that's yeah. why we are seeing, you know, the, the, the growth, growing industry of fast food here in Malaysia. So it, it's, we can't just blame the businessman. It's also because the, the population, we are demanding for these kind of things as well. So therefore, that gives them a reason to bring bring all this in. Are you demanding or did these companies create the demand? It's a little bit both, I guess. Uh, they could be creating demand. I could still not demand for it. But it seems that it's working, right? Among among the Malaysians that all these advertisements and yeah. uh, propaganda of, of We're of easily influenced. Yeah. <laughs> right. yeah. <laughs> so, so do you think the government and policymakers are doing enough to focus on health, fitness, and obesity? Uh, very, very little. I mean, although there is some improvements a little bit, but... But I would say we're still very far from, from in the health aspect. Uh, for example, this MCO, we were probably the last industry to open up. You know, we don't see it as uh, an essential. Wow. How, how did the COVID-19 pandemic affected the, your industry, your, your business? Yeah, a lot of gyms, actually a lot of gyms closed or wow. shut down businesses. Um, for me, myself... Last year, I pivoted a little bit. I, I took out the mindset coaching thing. So, of course, to you have to find ways. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that now that uh, physical is no longer a thing, mm-hmm. so to adapting to everything online is still doable. So, I um, I saw a future in online as well. Like mm-hmm. you can still get the same intensity, you can still get the same results online without me seeing you. You know, I can just see you on the screen and everything can still be a status quo. Do you think even under the lockdowns that we've had here that that uh, fitness physically in person can be done in a safe way? Yes. Uh, of course, the best would still be a face-to-face where I could correct you and, you know, just, oh, may- maybe minimal touching. But yes, uh, group exercises will be a little bit more tricky, but still can be done. So a lot of gyms have... Uh, to, uh, come to small groups that shrink their capacity to a, a smaller group so they are small I think it's, it's great this is what is happening you know you have more exclusivity you have more attention from the coaches mm-hmm. as long as you yeah. can cover your cost right as a business yeah and you could charge higher <laughs> right, <laughs> yeah, right. yeah because you're paying for a semi-personal training class already so getting back to this issue of um, being fit and being an obese nation in the US we're seeing more and more laws that regulate the selling of sugary drinks and fatty foods. Do you see that needed here to sort of regulate what people should be eating, whether it's sugary foods or sugary drinks? Is that something you see happening or should we? Well, they, there was an introduction of the sugar tax, I think back in 20, what is it, 2019 or 2020? I think it was either 2019 or 2020, whereby... Uh, Above a liter, I think, or, or up to a liter um, uh, sugary drink, whether it's uh, box juices or soda or soft drinks, they, they actually implemented a 40 cents uh, sugar tax. But do you feel the impact of it? No. You, don't, you are not even nope. aware, right? Yeah. So, mm. so what I'm saying is, is I think the, the sugar tax is a good place to start for the government, right? They, they are starting to look at big sugar. They are starting to look at these kind of issues. But... The sugar tax doesn't seem to be very effective so far because most people uh, just consume the same because it's not even something that people are actively thinking about. Oh, I'm buying this now. There's a sugar tax. I'm paying more. But people, when they want it, they just buy it anyway, whether there's a sugar tax or not. 
So okay. I don't think that's a very effective. Well, one thing I haven't seen here all that much is in America, we have these big gulp drinks that are like this big. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I haven't seen that as much here. No, we don't don't have that uh, that kind of mega jumbo size. Everything is super size there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And not here. <laughs> I mean, I, I have a, a relative who buys these big drinks and she puts it in her car holder. Wow. And she can drink it for like five days. <laughs> Yeah, that's definitely not uh, not uh, so for all of you listening out there. That's not good practice. <laughs> so please don't do that because that you're actually consuming a lot of sugar. But back to the whole COVID nineteen thing, I, I'm just gonna share my opinion. And uh, Michelle, maybe mm. you can jump in and give your thoughts as well. Like when it comes to managing the COVID nineteen crisis, we talk so much about social distancing. We talk so much about you know prevention, wearing mask. Uh, even from the government side, from the government education side, we're talking about vaccines. We're talking about. Um, uh, what else? Lockdowns, right? But what we don't really talk about is how can we boost our own immune system such that when we catch the virus, touch wood, if that happens, or even it can be a, it can be a, what do you call that? It can be a, 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 a barrier, right? A, 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 what's the word to use? A shield, right? From Because having a good immune system could be a shield for us from getting the virus. And if we do get the virus, if we have a good, great immune system, it would probably fight off the virus easier because then you see some people that get the virus, they don't have any symptoms uh, and they only maybe suffer for a couple of days and then it just... Mm. Because these people generally have better immune system, right? So this is... I think I've not really heard the government talking about boosting your immune system. Instead, they went and shut down the gyms. Right, <laughs> and this is the case in a lot of countries, not just here. Yeah, but w- what I really think is there should be a lot more emphasis to talk about how we should eat healthy, how we should be exercising regularly to boost our own immune system, such that you know whatever virus or pandemic that may come in the future, we could be ready for it. But wouldn't you say that doesn't really suit the pharmaceutical industry? <laughs> That's controversial. Yes, very, very. <laughs> We're here to talk facts, right? <laughs> right, right, right. Yeah. But but for me, uh, you know, talking to Michelle today, I, I really think that she's inspired me to look at health in a very different way. And I would think that, you know, this message of, hey, you know, don't worry so much about the COVID, you know, just do whatever that you need to do, the prevention and everything all. But please, please do focus on you know, improving your own health, you know, taking whatever supplements that the body is lacking, um, exercising regularly, sleep well, manage your stress. These are the things that we don't talk about even from the government side. Which leads to a good question. What things do you think government should be doing to promote health and fitness more? Well, for, like for my approach, I've been trying to change like one individual at a time. So, of mm-hmm. course, the reach will be slower. For the government, I, I think it's just the, the same thing. They need to be a little bit more educated on what needs to be done, like habit changes. For example, like the sugar thing, you know, mm. impose maybe a higher tax as mm. much as cigarettes. If you can stop, you know, 20% of people smoking, I think you can do the same thing with sugar. What about warning labels for sugary products? Yeah, probably that too. If it instills fear or something, you know, something little, at least there is some change because they, they have, they can reach out to more. So what, I am doing is just trying to educate one person at a time. I mean, it, it will make a difference, but for a bigger reach, like what the government should be doing, I think have more fear in fear inflicted. I mean, they they label cigarette cartons quite graphically here. Yeah, exactly. But the fact is, and you're a doctor, you can tell us some of these diseases, diabetes, and others, you could lead to those same graphic situations. Absolutely, absolutely. Right. Yeah. So so uh, I'm gonna you know kind of go back a bit and, and kind of ask you a personal okay. question like uh, like what we talked about uh, at the beginning of the introduction. You won the strongest <laughs> woman uh, 
above the 40 years old category in 2019 in CrossFit. Um, Malaysia, Malaysia. <laughs> okay, in Malaysia. Wow. That is quite a feat, right? So my question is like, first question is, what made you want to do that? And the second question is, you know, what then, you know, like now that you have achieved like being the strongest woman and, and, and what, what then, what happens then, you know, what, what has come together with, with this achievement? Uh, ah, yeah. okay. So, okay. There could be like CrossFitters listening to, so this is actually a, a worldwide open competition. It's done mm-hmm. once a year. It's mm-hmm. called the CrossFit Open. Everyone does the same workout. Yeah, everyone does the same workout for five weeks. Actually, it just ended uh, today wow. the, this for this year and I did not win, unfortunately. Okay. <laughs> but uh, there, like I said, there are so many more fitter women coming up, you know. Uh, so I participate in this every year since 2014, you know. I've been participating so what, in it. What do you do? You're like five weeks workout. How do you keep track of your results and how do they determine who's the strongest? Uh, yeah, so there, uh, everyone who participates, there is a leaderboard. So we submit our scores every time a workout is done. So I've done, okay, I finished the workout in eight minutes, for example. I submit but, my scores. But how would they keep track? It's oh, there, there is a, uh, like a, Monitoring? A leaderboard, yeah, the CrossFit HQ themselves. Okay, but but gets all the scores. But you can report false data, right? Yeah, but I'll be cheating myself, okay. and you know, <laughs> and I'm a CrossFit affiliate, so there's there's judges, by the way, there's okay. a judge to 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 look at your workout to make sure you don't cheat okay. and you don't cheat your reps and things like this. So, wow. it's a it's a close environment. It's all about fun too. I mean, we get the community together and cheer for you, and yeah, it's a very social it's a very social gathering kind of event. Mm-hmm. But uh, personally, you want to also be the best in, in, in the competitive side of me of course wants to do my best and mm. be the best uh, so yeah every workout I approach it as you know one and done uh, just like life you don't have second chance you just do your best this time there's no repeating wow. I don't like to repeat the workout you know it's, mm-hmm. it's, it's, it's torture <laughs> mm-hmm. and yeah so it's just about doing doing my best in that, that couple of minutes of workout and try to get the highest score that's it, and then leave it to the rest of the world. See what the rest are doing. <laughs> wow. Yeah. Wow. And when you became like the strongest woman in 2019, what has changed for you? Uh, okay, so, well, when I put that that bragging rights, mm-hmm. well, there were not many 40 to 45-year-olds in that category, probably like less than 20, I think. Mm-hmm. Uh, so maybe there were not many 40-year-olds also trying to compete and, and they probably have not reached the level because I have at that time, six years CrossFit experience, mm-hmm. six, seven years. So maybe after a while, when you build that kind of experience, you will be fitter. Just like this year is a great example. Mm-hmm. I think I, I haven't checked the, the last scoring yet. I pro- I'm probably number five right now or number six, you know. Okay. So there are a lot of fitter 40 plus year old women out there already. Okay. They've probably worked on their fitness in the last two years and, you know, crushed it. <laughs> right, right. Yeah. But what, what, what changed for you? What changed for me? Oh, yeah. okay bragging rights of course okay. uh that you know i could proudly say that 40 is is not the end mm-hmm. there's no you know it doesn't have to be a midlife crisis it, it's i'm actually in the best shape of my of my life right and right. at that age you know and right now too um there's a lot more things to work on at this age when you're older there are a lot more i mean you don't recover as fast as the 20 year old of course and you gotta take care of a lot more stuff like your food your sleep so all this plays an impact. If if I want to continue being the best, mm-hmm. I got to keep working on it. You know. Okay. So yeah. do you see yourself competing at say fifty or sixty? 
Okay, when I say competition, I'm not a very, I'm not a competitive athlete. This is just a uh, an online thing which I do every, once a year. Okay. Uh, but for for me, I exercise for just for health, strictly for health. I don't I don't join competitions. Um, only this once a year. So yeah, I I would do all this just for health purpose, like. Uh, because I also have to do a lot of digging into myself. Like, why am I doing this? You know, I want to keep my gym alive. I want to keep, uh, I want to be a good role model. So and, before you know, it was about winning and maybe now it's not as important about winning? Uh, I would say it was a little part is it is about winning, but not so much. It's more fun for me and to see where I, I can, how far I can go right, right, at, right. That, at that time. And oh, it was, I just reached 40 at that age, you know, so I really want to see how far I could go. <laughs> she's pretty competitive, yeah. So you, no, can't, take that, you can't take that away from her. <laughs> right. Um, does it help your business though, by winning the competition? Uh, not really. Was it Because again, CrossFit is not that big yet. It's not really well known. Mm-hmm. Maybe among the CrossFit community, which is, which is not big at all in Malaysia. So it doesn't make much of a difference. My... Uh, in business, I, I still want to sell it as a training method. I mm. won't be selling CrossFit. Okay. For them, it, it's when they see CrossFit, it's just going to be like, oh, jack, jacked up people. And mm-hmm. also, I want to also filter that out and tell them that this CrossFit is just for everybody. You know, it's, a, it's another training method. So can you give us some idea of what it costs if they want to come and join you? And your- the cost? Yeah. Uh, okay, so it we customize. We do customize our cost. So it varies according to what they need first. Uh, once I do the consultation, I know why, what kind of uh, accountability I'm going to be giving, what kind of time I'm going to be, uh, uh, you know, spending on them. So I would say around, it can be as little as 500 a month to 5,000, depending on it. It can be a group, it can be PT. Yeah. yeah, you have done, you, but you have had some pretty great achievements with your students, right? Like mm-hmm. you have a six weeks program and, mm-hmm. and, and they lost a significant number of weight, uh, amount of weight during that period, right? Can you share maybe some success examples of your students that oh, are trained okay. by you? Yeah. Okay. So uh, this one, ve- the most amazing uh, transformation was last year, the very first MCO. So there's a, a male member who just joined one week before we locked down. So we, I didn't know about this lockdown happening then. So after a week, the gym had to close. Uh, so my my uh, communication to all the members is that you know everything is the same. It's just a physical location. You're you're not paying for the four walls in our gyms. You're not paying for equipments. You're paying to get results, mm-hmm. right? So if the gym shut down, so it doesn't mean your body is going to shut down. Mm-hmm. So this guy who signed up for our six week transformation program. He started one week in the gym and then the rest of the five weeks or the rest of the days were all in his hometown in Penang. So he happened to be there uh, without knowing that there's a lockdown. He didn't bring his attires. All he had was a tracksuit and a shirt, mm-hmm. no sports shoes. And he was in the kampong. It's a, it's a village a village in Penang, a small village. He only had a rock, a piece of rock and a log. Wow. (laughs) Every time when he switched on his Zoom, it's always like, you know, I could hear the chickens crawling. And you know, it's it's a very typical kampong life he he, he had there. He had the most amazing results. After six, after six weeks, he lost more than 10 kilos. Wow. He was so, he's very determined. Without equipment. With a rock and a stick. Yeah. But as I said, exercise is the last part. The fitness is the last part of the you know, right. this whole thing. Yeah. You got to fix your mindset. You have to fix your nutrition. Fitness is going to be easy after that. 
Right, right, yeah. right. Coming to the end of uh, the hour, um, well, I, I do have a personal question to ask. My sure. issue with consistency is that I get bored easily, right? After, you know, doing a routine for a while, I get bored. Like, so what kind of advice would you have for people like me who gets bored easily after, after you know, some certain amount of days doing the same routine? Okay. Uh, of course, maybe switch up, switch it up a little bit. Um, I always believe in consistency. Mm-hmm. Anything that you do, I mean, the the reason why we are all we are good in one thing is because we've been doing it every day. Or the reason why we're bad at one thing is also because we've been doing it every day for many years. So, if something is not work, you find it bored after a, a week or two. Maybe it's not it's not for you already. Just try something else. Mm-hmm. Try something else. But also maybe ask yourself: Is that something you want? Is this workout something you can see yourself doing? Or if you don't enjoy it. Maybe it's time to change. I always believe in doing something you you like. So the first thing, do you mean changing your exercise routine? Changing your exercise routine, of course, uh, unless you're seeing results, then you know something is working, you should continue. But if just about, you know, boredom, you're doing it for the sake of just doing it, then it's not good. It's not sustainable. You, You won't last with it. So find something that excites you like, I would say accountability partner. Find someone that, that, that makes you excited. You can do do it together. Or, yeah, you, you need to find something that will trigger you, you right. know, or something that will push you. Like if it's a gym, it's there. They know they've paid money. They have to go. Yeah, mm. whether they're bored or not, they have to go. Yeah, and then when yeah. they reach there, it's usually all... Yeah, it's okay already. <laughs> yeah, but, but many of my friends also, like they pay for gym membership and they never feel fully utilize because it. Because nobody pushed them. They right. go there, they see machines, all machines. What am I going to do? So is that how you are different from the other normal gyms out there? Yeah, you come in. The coach is already there. You don't have to think of what to do. The program is there. All you need to do is show up. Yeah. But, but do you reach out to people that haven't been to the gym in a while? I mean, do you try to keep in contact, oh, yeah. encourage them to come? Yeah, so, so that's where the accountability happens. I will check. I usually uh, recommend three times a week for a start just to get the habit going. And uh, if I don't see them checking in three times, then I'll just follow. I mean, there's, there's no pressure. I'm not a Nazi. I'll just say, like, hey, how's it going? You know, everything okay? It, sometimes th- th- things happen. Like, they probably went out station or they, they fell sick. Right. Yeah, so it's just a, a check-in on, on what's going on. Yeah. What, and to end on this note, what would be a general piece of advice or what would you like to see, you know? Uh, what do you envision for for the health and fitness of Malaysians moving forward? What do I envision? Mm. Oof, heavy. <laughs> <laughs> um, of course, I would like to have more people talking about mindset. I think that that would make a lot of our work easier too. Mm-hmm. I mean, this is something people don't like to talk about. Like, why are you living your life this way? I mean, there's so many things that that can be approached in, in the mindset, you know, like, we are so busy doing our everyday things, we, we, we forget the basics, mm-hmm. you know, so I just want to bring everyone back to basics, like, uh, what what's your purpose, like, you know, um, the reason of your health being like this, mm-hmm. you know, how do you feel about it, talk about your feelings a bit more, you know, mm-hmm. I think that that's a good start to start talking about your feelings, and, um, yeah, I would like people to be more open about mm-hmm. talking about their mental health. I yeah. think that's a good start. Fitness will come once you solve all these things, you know, the, your bigger issues. Yeah, so yeah. we too we look forward to a healthy and open Malaysian society yeah, when yeah, it comes yeah. to health and fitness. I think everyone should start talking about things like this, yeah. <laughs>
Well, great. Uh, thank you very much. This was very interesting. I learned a lot of things, no and I think our listeners will too. Thank you. No worries. Thank right. you very much. Thank you very much, Michelle. Uh, I'm Dr. Lim. Together with me is my co-host, Andrew, once again. This is the Doctorpreneurs Podcast, the intersection of health, aging, and entrepreneurship. Thank you for listening. Thank you. Thank you.